So what's up? Uh, I don't know. It's just Sunday time. Just vibing. Yeah, kind of just vibing. It's been a. I, I don't have much going. I have not done much of anything since last week either. Uh, like I, I school starts next week, so I was just using this into- this week to just like indulge in all possible decadence. Just do absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much uh, been my entire like life since <laughs> since we've all been quarantined and staying home and everything. Yeah, just kind of indulgence yeah indulgence and protests <sighs> pretty much and then cats screaming at me constantly yeah my cat started screaming at uh my cat started screaming at me recently too um but yeah there's really not been anything going on like i i, I went and picked some peaches today and that was pretty good oh that was the fruit yeah, the fruit that the fruit that caused the delay of this podcast—the <laughs> important fruit. <laughs> me pointing at me pointing at myself—the important fruit. Same. <laughs> oh, yeah, I I picked some peaches. Um, I fed some to Smile. She liked them, but she ran into the problem that she always runs into when it comes to fruit, which is that uh, she can't pick it up with her tongue super easily because it's wet. And her um, tongue doesn't stick super well to it, so she just kind of, like, lunges for it and, like, licks it and tries to eat it. And then, like, five or six tries later, she just kind of gives up and looks at me get a little sad. Oh, yeah, again, same. <laughs> she wants those She wants those sweet, sweet peaches. The peaches were very... The peaches are very good. Oh, that's good. Where do you, where do you go for peaches? Uh, I've got, there's a place, like, just down the road from... Uh, where I live that uh, I don't remember the name of it but they've got like peaches and plums and shit masked up social distance all that good all that good stuff okay cool cool yeah I want to go outside sometime in the near future yeah it's not bad (laughs) the outdoors the outdoors are okay yeah many there's been some I've been hearing some reviews (laughs) that that it's good I've been trying to go to like a a park at least every week or so or weekend i guess because i have that sweet sweet nine to five job um mm-hmm. but really i haven't haven't been able to the last couple of weeks or I say i haven't been able to but really it's more just uh executive dysfunction sort of thing yeah that's been a fucking killer to me recently it's just like like, even when it comes to, like, stuff that I, like, I like doing and I want to do, it's always just, like, such an undertaking to do, like, anything. Like, oh, man, I, I want to watch this TV show, but that would involve me stopping watching this video that I don't give a shit about on YouTube on my phone. So, I'm just going to kind of sit here and watch this, like, Magic the Gathering video 562,000 from this channel that I'm subscribed to. Yeah, like, it's either that or, like, the draw of other things that don't matter at all. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like last night I was like, hey, I'm going to rewatch the movie so that I'll have it fresh in my mind, because it's been a while since I watched it first. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, halfway through the movie I was like, I really need to rearrange everything in my kitchen or I'm going to die right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. Oh, I I really want to rearrange my bedroom now. Now that you've mentioned that, uh, can we take five, can we take uh, fifty before we get this podcast going? 
All right, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go to the title of music real quick. We'll be right back in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Kubrick homage podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined this week by friend of the podcast, Ferris. Hello. You can, uh, so I, I, I could, this is your first time on this show, right? Yeah, this is actually my first time on a podcast, period. That's so weird, because I could 100% swear that you had been on this podcast before, and, like, to the point where I, like, someone else, at, someone else who I've been talking about coming on this podcast, I talked to them, and they were like, hey, can I do, can I do Hausu? And I said, oh, no, sorry, a friend of mine already did that, and I thought that was you who had been on that episode, but apparently I've never even done that movie on the show, I've just watched oh. it with you. <laughs> oh, I was like, was it Ash, maybe? But no, Ash was a totally different one, right? Yeah, Ash was like 1923 London or something. Oh yeah, I, I actually watched that movie with Ash the first time. <laughs> it's like it's so wild. It's it was fun. I yeah, liked it. Yeah, it's a it's really good. Um like Indian horror movies are just a completely like completely different thing and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh go ahead and give yourself go ahead and give uh give a, the listening audience a bit of an intro. Give a tell us who you are, what your like history with horror movies is, what your favorite like subgenre and what your favorite like horror movie is. Okay. Um so well my name is Ferris. I've uh, I've been watching horror. Um a huge fan of horror since I was a little kid. I can't even say how young. Um just grew up watching all kinds of like fucked up movies I shouldn't have been watching really with my dad when I was a kid. And, um, I never stopped. Uh, probably my favorite subgenre is, I'd say psychological horror, um, Mm -hmm. which I think kind of goes into the movie that we're going to talk about today anyway. Um, but, I think my favorite horror movie is actually uh, American Werewolf in London. I've never seen that one. I should eventually. It's a good one. It's um it's like got the horror slash like humor combination that's really good. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend it for sure. Nice. Alright. Uh so we should get into the movie that we watched this week, which is Beyond the Black Rainbow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually really interested to know like what your overall impression of this movie is. I feel like I feel like this movie was um I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll cover it as we go along, but right. uh like this is kind of similar to how I felt at the end of Mandy, which is that I think this movie was done a great disservice by me watching it on my computer during in the middle of the day, and this would hit a lot different if I was like watching it on a TV. With with my phone outside of arm's reach and yeah. like and you know on a TV, 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I've I've watched it uh, on a TV both times I've seen it, and it's 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 an experience I think, especially if you get to like turn all the lights off and everything, or if you have like yeah. any kind of ambient lighting, just because yeah, of the pretty, whole pretty... visual component of the movie. Yeah, no, I I did I did like this, but I, I feel like I need to watch it again in a different environment, which I think is the similar thing that I came away from Mandy with. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh... Which I, I I mentioned Mandy because it's the same director. Right. Yeah, like but for both of them, the the visuals is such a big deal. Like I mean, I know yeah. with movies in general usually it is, but especially with like the way that he does the lighting and the all of these shots of like you know for example the a lot of shots of one of the the main characters just looks completely alien a lot of the time and how it like uh-huh. plays into the theme of the movie yeah 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 um the uh yeah so the director of this panos cosmatos uh who this the 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 the, the, the back I, the backstory of how he got the budget for this movie is really funny to me because per Wikipedia, uh, he financed it through DVD residuals from his father's film Tombstone. <laughs> I didn't know that, but that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his uh yeah his dad uh, George P Cosmatos directed Tombstone. <laughs> And then 17 years later, his son used those DVD residuals to, <laughs> to make Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Didn't didn't his dad also direct some other... He directed a lot of movies, but there's one in particular that I am trying to remember. Uh, Rambo First Blood 2? Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Probably the one that I should have remembered before Tombstone. <laughs> Rambo, well, I, I did bring up Tombstone, to be fair. Oh, Rambo man. Second Blood. <laughs> First Blood Part 2 is just such a funny thing. <laughs> Rambo Several Bloods Later. <laughs> the last... The, the, the last of us for real this time. <laughs> the last of the last of us. <laughs> There's even last of us. There's even less of us this time. <laughs> okay. So this movie starts with uh like text popping in like that's like the like the like the title credit does for the movie Alien. Mm. Uh with but the text is just the the, the year 1983 and it starts with a very uh a, a, a very uh Twitter account distant what what what, what, what ominous whooshing. <laughs> It starts with, like, bracketed heavy breathing, which I think is, like, the most used subtitle in this movie. Yeah. I would agree. Um, and there's, like, this, 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 like, square camera that's, like, it looks like, like an old, it's, like, a, an old, like, kind of infomercial e-video. And this really, sh- this really uh, reminded me of, um, you remember in Get Out, that scene where uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character is, like, uh, trapped in the basement and being forced to watch that video about the history of the, the implanting white brains in black people? Yeah, thing? yeah. Like that was the vibe I was really getting from this video. Yeah, I I can see that. It's it's really like um like two AM infomercial for a cult. 
Yeah, like you see, you see, you see this in between, like uh, in between ads for like the my, and you see this in between ads for my pillow and fucking like the some phone hotline, some phone like not quite sex hotline, quite like Quest. <laughs> yeah. But this, um, we meet uh, Doctor Mercurio Arboria of the Arboria Institute, who has uh, he wants people to be happy, and the institute has made happiness real, which is always a good thing that we love to see. Of course, right? Especially when it comes in this form. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we just get, like, a, like a two- or three-minute infomercial of this, and then we go to the title credits, which, um, it was weird to see the lead actor's name in this movie, because it is also my father's name. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to dox myself, but my, I mean, it's not like it's a, it's not like Rogers is an uncommon last name, but seeing this yeah. movie stars Michael Rogers made me laugh. <laughs> My dad does not. My dad does not look anything like that guy. He's not bald. He's not that. He's not evil. He's not. Uh, Thank God. He doesn't. He doesn't have a, a rock made hole in his head. <laughs> Sorry. So we yeah we we do the total credits over like yeah uh, a, a zoom out of an eye. We see a cool triangle, also which is like a. a it's reminiscent to, well, I don't know if it's reminiscent of the monolith in 2001 A Space Odyssey, but, like, that did, I, I've, <laughs> I've only seen the first half of 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I know I need to fix, but the, it, it, it made me think of the monolith in, in, in retrospect. Yeah, and, like, I know that especially, like, recently with, like, Mandy and stuff, like, um, the other movie that I, I, was considering watching uh, the Neon Demon. Like, there's a lot mm -hmm. of of that kind of imagery in that one too. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Glizzy, the, the the Glizzy Guzzler. <laughs> <laughs> that like that. <laughs> I only say that because his movies are just like so. I, Glizzy is not the right. Glizzy is not. <laughs> I'm sure Glizzy has another meaning that I am not quite aware of. But it, it, they, they, like the word. If I had to make up a word to describe them, it would be Glizzy. <laughs> so he is the Glizzy Guzzler. Yeah, I feel like he's like he's the actual Neon Demon. Like all of his movies look exactly like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He um he directed Drive, right? Yeah, he did Drive and uh, Only God Forgives. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of movies with uh, Ryan Gosling. So yeah. Um, so we uh, there's a lot of red in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it kind of bounces between like like red, blue, and green. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, we we and I I wrote this. I, I'm this is my note. I. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the context in which I wrote some of these notes because a lot of this is reactions to what's happening and not like actually what is <laughs> happening. But uh, I think this opens with like um, we we meet uh, uh, fucking uh, Elena and we meet Doctor Barry Nile. Oh yeah, Barry. Barry. Good old Barry. <laughs> Good old Barry. Uh, and there's like a really cute, uh, not <laughs> Kubrick. Kubrick. Wait, is it Kubrick? I th I've Kubrick? heard it both ways. I think I've heard it Kubrick more. Okay. 
Um, there, there's like this really Kubricky like framing, I guess, of the scene because it's 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 uh, it, it's um, Doctor Doctor Barry Nile on one side of this uh, this glass pane, and on his his side is very like lit red, and uh, we see that um, Elena, who is like the the captive at this institute, is. Uh, in this like kind of light, this room is her room is like light blue-ish. Whenever we spend time there, but in this in this thing, it's like being completely drowned out by the red light from the from um, from Doctor Niles' side of things, which I thought was cool to see. Yeah, there's a lot of like color, a lot of color symbolism in in the movie, and like I don't know if it, if that's because I I don't know as much about film three as you know a lot of people probably do who talk about movies but mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like a very i don't know if like basic is the right word but it's it's really like when you look at the colors and like the visuals it's very like clear what they're trying to do yeah i think sim- simple simple yeah. is not bad it's right. just simple right exactly um I, and around, he, like, so, he, uh, Dr. Nile is, like, interviewing, uh, Elena, and he starts, like, banging his pen on his clipboard in order to annoy her, I guess, get a rise out of her, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I but, think he's um, trying to, like, um, get her to show some kind of emotional response. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, sorry, yawn, some coffee's wearing off. And the, uh, she, um... She she has a kind of a response, not much of one. She just kind of like breaks the she because for the first like five minutes of this interview, she's just like staring at the ground with a death grip on her chair. Um, she like she doesn't talk. She just raises her eyes. I don't think she talks until like the twenty five minute mark in this movie, which I'm I mean I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then and then she doesn't even she doesn't speak verbally, like at all. I think through the whole movie. Huh, I didn't, must have missed that. That's yeah, because cool. when she talk, when she finally says something, it's like telepathically. Oh wow! I yeah. I somehow didn't catch that. I just thought her lips were like. I just thought her mouth was like barely moving instead of not moving. Oh yeah, no, like the whole the whole thing. Well, I mean, like we'll get to it, but like the whole thing that happens with that and is like her, I guess, like using her powers to speak to him telepathically. Uh huh. That makes sense. Um. And around this point, I noticed that there's like a uh, like a film grain applied over top of this entire movie, which I fucking loved. Like I am, I, I am a slut for film grain. Yeah, me too, actually. Like in in any kind of movie like this or Mandy, where it's where it's set in you know the 80s or 90s or something like that, especially Vampire Times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Vampire Times. Before we were born. Well, it's... you're older than me. Yeah. Right. It's a, uh, it's like the I Lost Boys era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In twenty years, we'll say Vampire Times to mean the Twilight era. Yeah. <laughs> Which Vampire Time was it? <laughs> <laughs> All of linear time can be measured in which vampire was hot and smexy at the time. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not gonna say that the Lost Boys were hot and smexy. Well. Yeah, I I don't think I would. Was Keith was Keith with Sutherland in that movie? Yeah, I think he was like the. Wasn't he like the, the leader? 
He was the lead lost boy. Yeah, he was the most lost boy. <laughs> <laughs> he was the leader of the, he was the most lost boy, which made him the de facto leader, but that also sucked for them because they just kept wandering in circles. Cause, right. Cause they he couldn't had no find idea where him. the fuck he was going. Yeah. <laughs> they they <laughs> In order to determine who was the most lost, they stuck everyone in the... They, they did a paper bag challenge, and uh, uh, he truly could not find his way out. <laughs> they, had to send, they had to send two discreet vampires in there just to fetch him. He's still in that paper bag today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God. I, uh, God, on the topic, I, I know I mentioned it, uh, I know I brought it up, but on the topic of Twilight, I feel like it's experiencing a cultural resurgence of some variety, and I really don't know how to feel about it. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the baseball scene, as does yeah. every self, as does every self-respecting gay person. Yeah. Um, but the, the rest of those are, I don't know how I feel about Twilight in the year 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and in the grand grand scheme, in the grand scheme of things, really doesn't matter all that much. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I actually, mean, I'd, like to, I'd like to nail it down. Yeah, I've I've actually I haven't seen I don't think I've seen any of the Twilight movies, but I read the first book when it was first like getting popular. Oh wow! It, Couldn't be me. Could not be me. I I I read the I read the first three books. Uh, like over the course of a week and then i got the fourth book on opening day uh, on the day it was released which was the day after my birthday uh and i saw i believe every one of those movies on opening night i was a bit of a i was a bit of a twihard <laughs> the, the truth the truth has finally come out <laughs> that's i think that's perfectly acceptable but like I just remember reading it, though, like, reading the first book, and it was very, like, like, I didn't hate it, but it was very, like, yeah, that's about what I expected. Like, it's not terrible. It's it's about, like, what you would think it would be. Yeah. I can't wait for the, uh, I can't wait for the re the movie remakes. <laughs> Man, why did they make, why did they make that last movie a fucking double feature, like, two, a twofer? Was it, like... Did, did splitting the last Harry Potter book into two movies, like, have that much of a cultural impact that it made, like, Twilight and, uh, uh, The Hunger Games and all, and uh, I'm sure other movies that I have not been able to recall, uh, split their final chapter into two pieces? I, I wonder, though, if, uh, if it's like a, like, you gotta get that money for that second movie thing. Yeah, I like it. Definitely is like a. It's definitely like a money doubler situation. I just like Harry Potter. Okay, I can't get. I we are way too far off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> I can't get into the finance, the fiscal decisions behind <laughs> this, the splitting of of Mocking Jay, of Mocking Jay parentheses film. Well, didn't the like. Didn't the Twilight books though also get progressively longer, like the Harry they Potter? They did by about a so. hundred by about a hundred pages a piece. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense, but otherwise, like I couldn't tell you. Well, hold on. Let me Google. Let me do some quick googling. Okay. Uh, Breaking Dawn runtime. Just curious how long that movie was. Uh. Okay. So Breaking Dawn part. <laughs> so Twilight is over two hours long. 
<laughs> Eclipse is over two hours long. Hmm. Breaking Dawn part part one is an hour and fifty five minutes. Breaking Dawn part two is two hours and four minutes. I, I, or I might have that backwards. That's like so, that's a whole day of. Yeah, that's <laughs> why are these movies two Christian hours? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I I really think it's probably more of like a money thing than anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god okay that's enough time spent on twilight we've fulfilled our twilight quota for the year <laughs> yeah for the rest of my life probably yeah but okay so niall does his interview and goes home to visit his wife who he doesn't love rosemary mm-hmm. and they have like a stilted conversation and she's like oh, i wasn't sleeping i was uh, meditating and he says okay cool Bye. I'm not going to talk to you again for another hour into this movie. Yeah, like, goodbye, Rosemary. Forever, probably. Like, it actually took me, because the way that his other relationships are shown, like, which really, that's... That and the nurse are the only ones, I think. Yeah, that nurse, Elena. Yeah, like, I honestly, like, didn't realize... And I guess the doctor, but... Sorry, go on. Well, yeah. I didn't realize that she was his wife, like yeah, both I times. Until I read it on the wiki. Yeah, like I, I thought she was like the housekeeper or something, just from the way he treats her. Yeah, I, I, I did not know who she was. Mm. In relation. Yeah, she seems like a very nice lady, though. Yeah, she seems fine. Yeah. Um, Elena is uh, watching TV in her. Uh, in her solitary confinement chamber. She's watching some cartoons, and she's changing the channel with just by thanking about it. Which is pretty cool. It is. I, w- I would love to be able to change the channel without having to find the remote. Me too. Though, the, the, I, I don't think that, w- I don't know how possible that, that would be without, like, using a TV with, like, actual proper dials, because even if I was properly telekinetic, I don't know if I would be able to tap into, like, infrared waves to tell my TV to go up or down a channel or open Netflix app. I think with the way that that my brain works that would be that would just be a mess anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think I think if I were telekinetic in any in any way, it would just be a lot of like there would just be like stuff kind of randomly floating. Like, did you ever read the book Hidden Talents by any chance? No, I didn't. Okay. So, Hidden Talents is this book that I loved as a kid, and it's about this, like, group of five kids who are at a school for, like, like, really, for, like, basically juvenile delinquents, and a lot of them, and these five kids are, like, there because they're, uh, uh, they, they they are not intentionally being juvenile delinquents, they just kind of have, like, superpowers of some variety, um, but they just don't know how to control them whatsoever, and one of the characters who's there is nicknamed Trash because he ju- he has telekinesis and he just like uh, accidentally like knocks shit over everywhere he goes. <laughs> and I think that would be me. I think that's like the most realistic view of of telekinesis I've ever heard, though. Right? <laughs> it's like, what if you have these superpowers, but you're like extremely clumsy? Oh yeah, that would just be a mess. <laughs> Like Elfin, Elfin, Elfin lead. Like no, I, it was just. It would... <laughs> I'm not manipulating ghost hand razors. I'm fumbling an apple. <laughs> it's like playing Skyrim in real life. 
Like, you can do all of the normal shit with your regular hands, but as soon as you try to pick up fruit, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, okay. Elena is watching cartoons, and then we just kind of hard cut to the next interview between Barry and Elena. And Barry's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you never met your mother. There might be a photograph of her in your bedroom, though, if you look. Wink, wink. <laughs> and she goes back to her room later that night and finds the, uh, finds the, uh, photo. Oh, yeah, which is like, isn't it just like a printed out? Like, not a real photo, it's, like, printed out on a piece of paper, too. Yeah, I think that's about... I think that's right, yeah. Mm. Uh, why the fuck did I write down Barry, Barry says Eric Andre voice let me in? <laughs> Do you have any idea what that could be in reference to? Uh, oh, I think I actually, like, wrote down something about that if I... Because he said some other weird shit right before that, where he was mm. like... Please open. Um, oh, yeah, where he says, like, we all have other forms and your inner self needs another to complete it. And he's, like, telling her that he can help her if she lets him in. Right, 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 right. In an ex like, in a really creepy way, too. Like, you can tell he's, like, he's not pure, like, obviously he's not, like, purely scientifically interested in her, but it's a really, like, gross sexual, like, way that he's obsessed with her. Uh-huh. Um, and he's just, like, I mean, the whole movie is kind of, like, going into, like, the cult-like obsession with, um, with enlightenment, but he's, like, like, the way that he deals with Elena is, like, really perverting it for, I mean, obviously, like, for his own needs, because he's a fucking creep. Yeah, absolute creepo. <laughs> Yeah, that's, like, that's the whole, like, gist of the movie, really, is Barry's nasty. Yeah, Barry is unfortunately nasty with it. Uh, Elena, uh, kind of wants to see her, she, she, like, she says, she, she starts vibrating and telepaths to, uh, telepaths to Barry that she wants to see her dad, and, uh, Barry's like, nah, you're too fucked up. Sorry. Bye! <laughs> Yeah, um, the whole, like, the world is too fucked up and you're not ready for it. Yeah. Uh, the, um, we meet the, we meet Margot, the assistant. Uh, glasses lady? Yeah, the, like, big 80s glasses. Yeah, she, she looks like, um, what's her name from the first season of Strang of Stranger Things. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I'm trying. I was trying to think of like the name. The one who, the one who gets eaten, uh, in by the by the I don't know fucking underdark. I don't remember anything about that. Uh, yeah, that's that's as close as I can think of right now too. But yeah, I know yeah. I know like the person you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's what she looks like. And she's, like, doing some late-night work, and she finds, like, a hidden drawer where there is a fucked-up journal that, the that Barry wrote. Yeah, like, his whole, his whole log that, like, looks normal, kind of, at first, and then it starts getting into, like, the, <laughs> the worse and worse, like, 
sexual images. Yeah, a lot of pussy drawings in that thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is like him being like psychosexual towards Elena. Yeah, is, like it, it goes sucks. from like... Like what you might think of from somebody like studying telepathic communication to like some really fucked up nasty stuff. Yeah. Just an absolute fucked up nasty man book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, Barry's nasty. Yeah. Uh, she gets very scared and, like, knocks a bit of her cigarette ash into the drawer where she got it from, which is how Barry finds out the next day that he, someone has been someone has been snooping as usual. Yeah. Which, like, kind of, I, I'm thinking, like, that actually, too, is, like, because, you know, in movies from, like, the 80s and 90s, everybody smokes everywhere. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, like, the first time I've seen that play, like, an active role in, like, a plot point in a movie. Mm-hmm. Which was, like, really minor but kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. Like, not super interesting beyond, like, the point of mentioning it, but it's still interesting. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, um... Yeah, and then the uh, what what happens next? Uh, Barry gets a call from a com- from a weird sounding computer voice that just kind of talks to him, and he kind of like lays down, cries a little bit, throws out his tissue, and then goes to confront Margot. And she, he's like, "Hey, I think she's got a thing in there that she shouldn't have. You should go take it." And Margot's like, oh, "Okay, I'll take I'll I'll go take it." Uh, and she like takes her photo of her mom and in response uh margo crushes elena's photo and uh elena force chokes margo and then crushes her skull a lot of skull crushing in this movie yeah like honestly like that part was very like good for her yeah stand up for yourself yeah crush that skull crunch the shit out of that skull (laughs) The only way people die... No, okay, not the only way people die in this movie, but three out of the four deaths in this movie are just... uh, are caused by uh, skull destruction of some variety. Yeah, that's... That seems to be, like, the... The only way people really die in this movie. Yeah. But uh, Barry turns the uh, pyramid dial and looks back at the crowd, like, on the prices right, and uh, eventually hits the right frequency to make Elena go to sleep right now immediately. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, uh, Barry is like, deploy the Sentionauts, which sounds like a stoner metal album. It really does, like, what a, or like a really, really good, uh, band name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and this, this Semionaut, who kind of just looks like, uh, what does he look like? I'm having a hard time describing him. He's got, like, a biker helmet, right? Yeah, it's almost like, a. Like Power Rangery, yeah. Or like, um, what's the, what's the guy, the other like, um, is it Common Rider? Yes, that is yeah. the right one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Those are the those are the things that like they reminded me of. Very like eighties, nineties, like biker aesthetic, uh-huh, morph uh-huh. suit. Definitely, definitely. Um, but so the, this this 
this sentionaut prick like shoves like a tracer of some variety into uh her uh neck. Yeah. Injects her like microchipping a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want you don't want to lose her if she gets outside. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry, I just scratched my... I just went to scratch my nose, and I forgot how long my nails are. I hurt myself oh. a little bit. Oof. Owie. Uh, and at this point, we get... Uh, we, we, we see Dr. Ardoria, who we haven't seen since the opening credits of this movie. Uh, or not the... Like, since before the opening credits of this movie. And uh, uh, he is, like... He's old as balls and having a conversation with Barry... With Dr. Barry Nile. Yeah, and he's like then, in pain. Then we get a fucked up flashback for to nineteen to nineteen sixty six. Yeah, where where we meet uh, Elena's mother Anna, I believe. Yeah, I think that's her name. Yeah, um, and Anna is uh, well, Anna is Elena's mother, uh, and I believe the father was the father was Doctor Ardoria, right? Yeah. Okay, and. Then they dunk uh, Dr. Barry Nile in some in some black goop, and he becomes Slime Man, and eats Anna's neck and kills her. And then they dunk the then they dunk baby Elena into the slime, and they say, "You will be the new generation." Yeah, that whole scene is like is a pretty cool, like the high contrast black and white. Yeah. Thing. And yeah. then, like, Barry climbing out of the sludge. Like, yeah, I'm being really, like it's climbing really... out of the primordial, the primordial ooze. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's hard to, like, articulate because it's just, like, a really cool visual scene. I'm having, I, yeah. I, I'm having a hard time describing it, but it's, it's good to look at. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's really surreal. Like, the first time I watched it, I didn't know, well, I kind of still don't know if, like, if the, the visuals were part of the hallucination or if it was like an actual thing that was happening like in the real world right right right, right. but then he he bit her neck so i think that was that was real um but then okay so we go back to the present era and is next one uh uh Barry kills Arborea and says wig yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's so exactly Barry, what happens. So Barry gives Arborea a uh, 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 Barry gives Arborea a, a lethal injection, but Arborea thinks it's like a nice injection to make him happy. Yeah, but he just fucking kills him, and then he takes off his uh, wig. He take Barry takes off his wig and his contact lenses. I guess it looked like it looked like he was like using a fucked up tool to take them out, but he just kind of like. There's not. It looked like there was going to be blood. Yeah, there's like they're like heavy duty cosmetic lenses. Like Barry has been cosplaying a normal person this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because doesn't doesn't Rosemary call them like his appliances? Yeah. So yeah. I guess they're they're like medical grade contacts or something like that. Mm-hmm. He takes off his wig and his contact lenses, and uh, then he gets uh, a knife that he calls the Devil's Teardrop. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he puts on the whole, like, leather outfit. Yeah. 
And then with his bald with his bald ass head, he goes to visit. He goes home to see Rosemary again, and she's like, "Oh, you haven't let me see you like this in a long time. I'm just very surprised." And he's like, "Yeah, okay. I'm, I hate you. Try to kill you and crushes her skull." Yeah, and the whole time she's like, she's like, "Wow, I should have been a better wife." And it's like, please just let Rosemary live. Please, she's done nothing wrong. Just let her go to sleep, like she's been this whole movie. Yeah, just let her fucking rest. <laughs> uh, that that whole scene, the whole part where he's like, he's like getting all of his like shit off, like taking off his appliances and everything, uh-huh. is also kind of a cool like like callback to all of the like soft focus, like focusing in scenes where he looks like completely like an alien yeah, before you like yeah, fully yeah. see him. Like I didn't, I think I didn't catch that like totally until I rewatched it. Yeah, I didn't catch that either. Um, like he he like slowly becomes like less and less human, which is kind of like a weird like isn't it? I guess it is an aside like a, a weird like way to portray it though because he basically just like looks like not even really deformed. He just looks different. <laughs> Yeah, he just like he looks he he looks less like uh, Carl Sagan than he did before. Yeah, basically, less like, like a clone of of Doctor Arboria. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So Niall has like his whole like spiel to to uh to Rosemary before he kills her. He's like, I am not okay. I promise. Uh, God was like a black rainbow, and Rosemary, you are but spit in the wind. I crush you, skull. Yeah. He basically tells her that he's been, like, acid-tripping his whole life. Yeah. (laughs) And while this is all happening, Elena just does that, uh, to share zone post. It's like, if shit sucks, hit the bricks. You can just leave. (laughs) Because, like, there's, like, a five-minute, like, sequence of her just, like, escaping the, uh, the facility. Um... That in which she uh like there's like a like a diehard esque uh, elevator shaft that she has to climb up and there's like a, a rainbow pipes thing that she has to go past and I'm like that probably means something I don't know what but it means something yeah yeah I thought that was that was pretty cool like just mm-hmm. that she just that she did the whole like rock climbing thing to get out yeah she does that she like crawls past this like weird fucked up corpse yeah. And, uh, then she gets she gets off an elevator and is confronted by the sentient again, who takes off his face and it kind of looks like um like you remember in Toy Story one that like spider with the baby that spider toy that she yeah. makes with the baby head yeah the spider baby yeah it looks like the ba- it looks like the baby head yeah it does it does I like I I got the impression that they were supposed to be like the the spider baby face and the the other guy were supposed to be like um maybe other people who had tried the the whole like let's take a huge acid trip for the rest of my life into enlightenment thing uh-huh like failed experiment type people yeah but it's not really clear mm-hmm. it could be anything it's it's uh it's just it's just it's up in it's up in the air up for interpretation yep he might just be like that. That might just be what his head does. Yeah. <laughs> I just did that. 
Uh, but so she gets she gets out, and uh, Nile is on the hunt for her because she using the tracking thing that the size that the sentient you you put in her earlier, and he happens across to I don't know I I don't know why this scene is in this movie to be honest like there is a lot of this movie that I feel like I didn't completely understand but this scene is just like what why is this here I don't understand why this is here these two guys aren't even credited on Wikipedia. <laughs> because I think what, it's well, well. Let me let me explain it first. And then yeah. We can, let me talk about the scene. So what happens is we cut. We like cut for like two minutes into the woods of these like two dudes just like broing out, drinking beer and smoking cigarettes around a fire, uh, and like it, it's just like slasher movie fare. One of the guys like, oh, I gotta go take a piss, and then Niall like finds him and says, "You fucked her, didn't you?" And the guy's like, "What? No!" And then he like sticks a knife through his chin, like a like a what happens to Skinner at the end of um, Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then he uh, stabs a knife into the mouth of the other guy after saying, "You fucked her, didn't you?" And the guy's like, "I don't even know who you're talking about." Ah. I feel like like they were partly just the like I mean. I took it kind of as, like, a reminder that all of this shit is actually taking place in, like, some kind of real-world setting. Right, right. Rather than, like, the whole, like, dreamy, like, world of the Institute and then being in Barry's home or whatever. But I think, like, part of it was just, like, a an homage to, like, the 80s slasher movies, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> I might be okay, reading but... too much into it. It might have just been for fun. No, I think I get it. I think yeah. I get what you mean. Um, bu- 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 so he like he finally tracks her down, uh, and is like, "Hey, come with me." And then Elena's like, "No, thank you." And uh, immobilizes him, and then like makes him fall over, and she kills him via like te- like t- TV drama shoved into table corner, but the table corner is a rock. Uh, death. Yeah, he just busts his head wide open. Just busts his head open, and then she walks into, like, it looks like she's walking into a nearby city, I think. And yeah. then that's the end of the movie. Yep. Now so, she has to go into the suburbs. Yep. Oh, God. Beyond the Black Rainbow 2. Beyond Harder. <laughs> so, on a scale of 0 to 5 crushed skulls, how many crushed skulls are you going to give this movie? I would give it. Hmm. I think I would give it like a four. Because it was very, it was really interesting to me, and like it's, it's definitely different than just about anything else I've seen. Yeah. So yeah. very cool movie to watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm coming down around there on it as well myself. Uh, I'm excited to watch it again sometime though. Yeah, it definitely like makes a little bit more sense on a second viewing. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, we have questions. All this right. question from at Curse Goat who says, "How do you feel about the color red?" Um, I like it. It's good. I wouldn't say I'm a. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but it's like it's in like my top. I would say it's in like my top five of the six like color colors on the color wheel. Hmm. Actually, I don't, I don't even know if that's true. I I 
No, it's above orange. Red is better than orange to me. It is the first the first color in the spectrum. In Roy G. Biv, yeah. 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 Oh, huh. I... It is the first color in the spectrum. Yeah. It's a good color. Mm-hmm. Uh, this question from at Flourishcaster, who wants to know, what is beyond the black rainbow? What's beyond the black rainbow? What do you think is beyond that black rainbow? God. Yeah, probably God. God. That's what Barry saw. Yeah. He saw I, don't, God. I don't know how reliable Barry is, but... Probably not very. No, but he's seen more than I have. Yeah. Uh, two, having reviewed Mandy, how do you think Panos has grown from this film? Um, It's been too long since I last saw Mandy to feel like I can make like a meaningful dissection, but um, I felt very similar vibes to this that I, that I remember feeling from Mandy. Yeah, I think Mandy is like... Like, overall is a more solid film. But Beyond the Black Rainbow was also his... It was his first feature film, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is his first feature. Yeah. I think Mandy is also maybe paced a little bit better. Like, they're both kind of paced weirdly. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, this one felt a little bit long in the tooth at times. Yeah. Like... Uh, and... Oh, go on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would say, like, um, like, I know Mandy has that whole, like, very slow first half, Mm -hmm. and then goes into, like, directly into all of the action of the movie. Yeah, Nick Cage going buck-fucking-wild. Yeah, but, but it, like, it all makes sense in that way. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, Beyond the Black Rainbow kind of does, too, but it's, it's definitely, like, very different in the Mm. way that, like, the action progresses. Yep. Uh, all right. And last question: Is Nick is Nick Cage the greatest actor of this generation? Yes or yes? I'm I'm up to I I'll say yes to this. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh. Okay. So now we're gonna get into recommendations. Do you have anything to recommend off the dome? If you need time, I can go first. Uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. My recommendation this week is going to be um. Uh, oh, I've been watching Doro Hidoro. It's good. It's really good. I like it a lot. I'm, only, I'm like six episodes in, and I hope to finish the other, the rest of it this week. Uh, it's really good. I like it a lot. The I am not immune to Giant Woman. Yeah. I don't think I'm even immune to Giant Woman. Who am I? And I, I'm also not immune to... I'm also not immune to Giant Lizard Man with cake. <laughs> I think that's like... That might be my biggest weakness. I haven't even gotten around to watching it yet, but I'm going to... <laughs> What do you got to recommend for us? Uh, I have got a book called Universal Harvester uh, by John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats. Um, it's just, it's a really cool read. It's pretty, it's fairly short. It's a, a horror book about a guy who works at a video store in, I think, the early 90s and starts finding, like, weird fucked up videotapes and just how his life devolves from there. It's a pretty cool book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you like books, you might like that one. All right. Uh, Ferris, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me um, at OKFerris on Twitter. And it's pretty much the only social media I'm on right now. I but everybody's, Yeah, everybody's welcome to follow me. If they want to see some dumb bullshit every now nice. and then. Um, 
you can well okay so you can find us this podcast uh we're at fear baiting everywhere that's twitter that is tumblr and i don't know why i keep shouting at the tumblr when all i have to say is we don't use the tumblr every time but whatever that's us on patreon also patreon.com slash fear baiting you get early access to the episodes uh and uh, for just $1 a month, 5 bucks a month gets you early access and a name right on the podcast and a, and, uh, a message right on the show. 10 bucks a month lets you choose a movie for us to watch. You can send that in whenever. Um, I feel like we haven't gotten one of those in a while. So if anyone wants to send a message or demand a movie, shoot those our way. Uh, ten bu- yeah, 10 bucks a month lets you demand a movie. I said that. Uh, so thank you very much to Ducky Aisha, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Michael Kaiser. Uh, thank you to Blair, my regular editor. Uh, he is on Twitter at Blair Kitch. Thank you to Seda, who uh, makes the made the intro and outro music for this podcast. You can find them under People You Meet Outside of Bars, uh, or just head to GayGothVibes.online to find their music. Uh, Schlocktober is one month away, so batten down the hatches, folks. We're getting into the shit this year. Um... If you want to find me, I am on Twitter at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. If you want to hear me on other podcasts, you can check me out on uh, The Wonder Yerks, which I do with the aforementioned Blair and Seda. It's about Animorphs. And you can also listen to me on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. We did a bonus episode with uh, with uh, the per- with uh, the aforementioned question asker at Flourishcaster uh, uh, last week, and it was really good, in my opinion. You should go listen to it. Um, I think that's everything. Oh yeah, thank you to Noisebase.xyz for hosting this uh, podcast, those other podcasts I mentioned, and a whole bunch of other ones. And I think that's everything. So, uh, until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm Ferris. And remember, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.